Hi guys, hope you're enjoying the podcast. Just wanted to say if you can please hit that like and subscribe button. This will mean we can keep making quality content for you guys. Okay, no. So your first boxing fight, how did you even start? Why, why did you even get into boxing in the first place? And no, then... so, so, so I was training MMA, but then what happened was like um, a boxing fight offer came because at my gym, we're a serious MMA gym. Like mm. we're, one, we're one of the best in the Northeast. Like we're, we're trying to be known as the best gym yeah, in the yeah. Northeast. Do you know what I mean? Like we want to be known as one of the best in the country. So then they don't just let guys just fight MMA or just go in willy-nilly. Do you know what I mean? So then the boxing fight was to like a bit of a warm-up fight, really test mm. how I feel in competition, get my skills going, see how I am in yeah, a fight. Yeah, of course. So then obviously when that boxing fight, just came, the offer came around, I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to fight. Because obviously, I've never fought before, I've never experienced it. So I was mm. like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll fight, I'll fight whoever. Yeah. And then obviously the boxing fight just came along. And then I think it's because I, ex- I didn't know what to expect. I didn't feel any nerves. Yeah. But then obviously after the first experience, when I went into my first MMA fight, I knew what to expect. So then that's where all the nerves and everything came from. But you would have been gassed though after your first boxing win. Yeah, yeah. The win, right. I was like, like now I look back at it, like the way I celebrated, it's like to me it was such a big moment. Yeah. But in the scale of things, it's not even that big. But I'm thinking the way it felt that yeah, that yeah. First, first win, first yeah, win. like that's because I worked hard and like that's the hardest I'd ever worked up until that point in my life for something because mm. like, I was given a goal for six. Literally, I was on. Apples, oranges, chicken and rice for six weeks. Yeah. That was literally all, like somehow without even realising, I went, I lost like eight kilo. I, I was underweight for the fight somehow just because. Wow. That's what you yeah, mean. Cause, cause, yeah, because back then I wasn't tracking any of my calories, none of that. I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. All I thought was, oh, I've got to eat clean. Yeah. So I, was, so I was barely eating and then I was training twice a day and then the fight was at like 56, 54 kilo that fight. The other guy missed weight and I was weighing in at like 52 kilo, two kilo under. Yeah. I'm thinking, shit then. Like, he has an advantage. Kind yeah. Of so like, did the fight still go ahead even though he missed yeah, weight? Yeah, because he missed weight and then they, so what happened was my coach contacted them and then he made weight kind of a few hours, like the day after. So we kind of agreed, uh, okay, we'll do it at 53 kilo so you can make the weight. Right, right. So then, because I'd already made weight at 52 so then we were like, okay, yeah, we'll make it out, whatever. And then as long as you can make that, we'll fight. Right. And then, yeah, because I wasn't, I had in my head, like, regardless of the weight loss, I was, I was going to fight. Like, yeah. I'm here to fight. I've put all the work. I'm not going to just yeah, not fight exactly. just because you yeah, missed it. I don't care about any of that yeah. anymore. Yeah, you know, that, all that doubt are on my head now. And then, honestly, it was such a surreal feeling. And then I think what made it even better, it was, because I'm that type of person. I love. I'm not gonna lie, I like pissing people off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love annoying people. So then the fact that his crowd was going off at me that much and the fact that I could scream back at them, that just made it so much. Like there's a video where my coach literally slaps my leg to try and calm me down. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when when will I ever experience that again? Like yeah. it's like a once in a lifetime feeling. What made you want to start? Like, why why fighting? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh. my mum says the same thing every time. Yeah. <laughs> now, nah, but um, it's because one day I was just out with my mates. Like, we were just chilling. You know what I mean? Just doing what we usually do. Mm-hmm. And then one of them goes, oh, there's a seminar going on in the community centre. Like, because one of the olders in the community, they had organised something. So, oh, yeah, we'll go down. We'll go see it. And then they were just showing, like, MMA techniques. Oh, we're going to be doing doing MMA class in the Bengali, uh, in the Bangladesh community centre, like, three days a week. Yeah. And then... Literally, I just saw it. I was like, oh, you know what it is? I want to try it out. I've always liked it. Because I used to do karate before that, but then I kind of, I got, I got bored with it. I was just like, oh, yeah. this isn't mm. for me. 
I was like, oh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll give this a try. Literally went in. And ever since then, I was just in love with the sport. Literally, I was the only one turning up to every session. Like, obviously, you know how when new things start, there's always loads of people doing it. There was like 10, 15 people turning to every class. Two, three weeks later, there's literally, it's down to like me and a few others. And then eventually, it literally went down to literally just me turning up. Some days I would literally turn up. I'd set the mats up and then I'd get a message, oh, class is cancelled, there's none of people. I'm like, what the hell? So then that's what made me eventually move to South Shield, that ASM main train, just because I related to the head coach there because the head coach is a Bengali as well. Yeah. And then the fact that he's a Bengali and then he's kind of come from the same circumstances I have where like you don't get that support. Like your parents are like, oh, why are you fighting? Like, yeah, Why don't course. you go be a doctor? Why don't you go be an engineer? <laughs> you know, you, you felt that much. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So then I could relate to him. So, and then, he had gotten himself, got himself to a point where he's now the number one flyer in the UK. Like, yeah. not just a just guy who fights. He's literally become the best in the UK, getting offers from, like, to go fight uh, on the Ultimate Fighter with Dana White and stuff. Oh, like, I'm shit. thinking, wow. what the hell, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and like, that's what I'm saying. He would have been there, but obviously the only reason is he went. He never went on it because it was, it was getting filmed during Ramadan. And then he was like, you know what it is? I'm not going to... I choose my religion over everything, which is what right. I respect as well. So. Wow. Well, a big respect to him for doing yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I mean, he's fighting for the cage as well, though. Um, yeah. New Year's Eve, so if he wins this, hopefully he'll get that UFC shot again. Yeah, that, oh, so yeah. that fight just got like it was meant to happen before. Right? Yeah, it was meant to happen on Sunday. Well, today. Uh, what, like, what happened to that? The other guy just pulled out last second. He goes, "Oh, I'm feeling ill. Oh, I can't." I'm like, but then he goes, "But I can fight you in six weeks' time." <laughs> what illness? Mm, stops you from yeah. fighting and then That's but suddenly shady, you know yeah. what it is you're fitting you're fit enough to go through a full fight camp again and fight in six weeks time like if you pull out of a fight it's, it's usually because you can't fight for a while yeah mm. you don't pull out because yeah, yeah it's not because oh you know i can fight in six weeks <laughs> yeah so we were all fuming about that and the thing is we all think he's just running scared and he just doesn't feel like he's prepared enough because yeah my head coach Shaj, he's actually beat this guy before right like okay. I don't know, see, like, he smoked him, like, whooped his ass from pillar to post. All three, 15 minutes, just beat down. The other guy just survived. And it's just like, that's what, so we're, we're all vexed about that, but it is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is, isn't it? But what, so is that, like, a a new title? Is he, like... Uh, the Cage Warriors World title. So, Cage Warriors is, like, the biggest show in Europe. Right. They're also kind of, like, a feeder promotion to the UFC. So, a lot of the time, you become the champion there, you then go into the UFC. It's like... Yeah, so Whoa. that it's that's a, a very big up, opportunity. Yeah. yeah, it's a huge opportunity. So he wins this. Hopefully, that's the that's the next shot. Because there's literally no one else who he could fight in the UK. Like he he smoked everyone, all the all the top guys. And then there's this guy called Jake Hadley, where Jake Hadley beat Shad and then went in the UFC. But that whole fight, Shad was winning. Hadley just caught him. Fair, fair play to him. Right. And then he went to the UFC onto that. And then like that's the type of level we're talking about. Like. That my head coach is Shaj. Like, literally, he's beating up guys who are now getting wins in the UFC. That's mad. And then the only way that the other guy could beat him was literally just caught him with a head kick. Literally. Kind of like uh, Usman and yeah. uh, Leon Edwards. Yeah, like, literally yeah, yeah. the exact same. And then, uh, then you're thinking, who's really the better fighter? Yeah. So if Shaj won, he would have been straight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, Shaj would have probably been in the UFC now. But obviously, a lot of circumstances went to that. Because yeah. we were in the fight camp. There was a lot that was going on. He had just had a kid. So even then, he wasn't even in his best shape and he was still smoking it. Yeah. And it's just like, like just thinking about it. Yeah. It's like, like wow. What he could do. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. If all the stars just align, like, 
what where he could be right now. Yeah. I'm just thinking like that's he would be such a like a mad representation for yeah. you, like, someone to look up to because same culture like you can relate to him. Yeah, 100%. Because he's doing so well, like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. role models play a big part. Yeah, in 100%. Like, like, I'm thinking, obviously, I went from the doing it to community center and then traveling to South Shields to train with him. But the main reason was because I wanted to train with him. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't there, I'm thinking, would I have gone over? Right, right. Because obviously, there was other gyms. In, there was a few gyms in Sunderland that could have had it. There was a few in CM. There was obviously quite a few gyms closer to me than Shields. But I chose Shields purely because I felt yeah, like I would yeah. fit in there a bit better. So... When I look back at it, I'm thinking, if maybe if Shaj wasn't where he was, would I have even kept training? Would I have kept training in mm-hmm. MMA? Would I be where I am now? So that, obviously, that's what I'm saying. Like, having a role model, having that someone to look up to plays that big of a yeah, role. Of course, man. So, like, you know, when you when you started, was it like, were you... Because you know how some people focus more on, like, jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Like, some people more on, like, kickboxing. It's like, what kind of aspect oh, do you think... I was, you I was literally doing every class straight away because... I didn't even focus. I wasn't bothered about getting better jujitsu, getting better strike. I wanted to just get better me because yeah, because yeah, I was obviously smaller than everyone. So then right. I was just getting thrown about, punched, right. everything. I was getting beaten up like nonstop. So I had in my head like that little man syndrome or anything. Like yeah, I need to catch yeah, yeah. up. So I was working. I knew I had to work ten times harder than everyone just to get because I was already at a disadvantage. I started yeah, later. Yeah. Like oh, some of these guys have been trained since like twelve years old, eight years old, and I was like, I've started at seventeen. I'm like. I now I've got to put the work in to try and catch up. I can't use it as an excuse that I've started yeah, late. So yeah. I just had in my head that just work, work, and eventually I'll get there. And then now, like, it's sometimes a surprise to me. I'm like, shit, I've only been doing this for like, what, four or five years? And now I'm at the top, I'm at yeah. the top end of the country. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, before my last fight, I was seen as the number one flyweight in the UK. And then that just blows my mind, like, Cause I've always grown up like as that little runt, like yeah. the kid who couldn't do much. I was athletically, I was always shit. Like I was crap at every sport. Right. Like literally anything. Cause I was just a little fat kid, and I'm thinking, and I just look back now, like how I've gone from that to, to this. It's crazy. Yeah, and it's just like without even realizing, like that wasn't even an initial goal. I just, I just had it in my head, like oh, this is fun, mm-hmm. and guys are better than me. I just want to be better than them. Right. I just want to try and catch up, make it competitive. I didn't have it in my head that I'm going to be the number one in the UK. Like, and then all of a sudden, I'm getting all these media outlets are messaging me. They want to do interviews. They want to do, um, they want to uh, ask me what I'm doing for my next fight. They want to find out when I'm fighting next. And then I'm just like, I'm playing along. I'm like, actually, you know what it is? I'm not going to tell you. I'll keep it hush hush for now. Like, right, just right. leading them on a bit. I'm like, where's all this come from? Where's all this all attention? Sudden, yeah. yeah. Like, I'm getting messages from like, there's like restaurants in Birmingham who that were messaging me saying, oh, we'd love to sponsor you and stuff like that. And then, Flip it yeah, out. it's just like, <laughs> and they're asking me to go down. I'm like, I can't go down to Birmingham yet, but, like, <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm just going along with it. I'm like, you know what? It's pretty sick. Yeah. I'm, that must feel like so surreal, isn't it? Like yeah. all of this just happening all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, like obviously it's because you fucking deserved it. It's yeah. Because you put the work in. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You but even mean? then, like, it's still a fact of, you, you see these guys who are kind of at the top level, but even then they still don't get this type of attention. So, right. I mean, if you think like, what am I, I'm definitely doing something right. Because mm-hmm. I was just being myself online. I was just being myself in person. And then suddenly like all this hype was coming around me. And I was just thinking, what am I doing to get all this hype? Because there's like, even in my last fight, like I was the main event and there was multiple pro fights. Right. I'm only an amateur right now. 
that's unheard of like amateur fights being main event over pro fights wow and then me and Joe managed to create such a hype between our in our fight that we literally were the main event and there was people going up there was people watching the fight like people that we didn't even know saying oh I'm actually nervous about this fight I don't know who's gonna win like you only usually feel nervous for someone who you know is like someone you relate to like one of my friends these guys are literally coming up saying oh I'm nervous for this fight to my coach and then afterwards I'm thinking how did I how did we suddenly create this this much hype even after the fight like I lost I was disappointed but I was thinking like I've done something how many other 21 year olds can really say that they've done that they've created that much hype and become a main event in a mm. in the largest regional MMA show like who can really say that and then honestly it just blew my mind really like, I think about it now I'm thinking shit yeah. <laughs> the maddest thing is that yeah, all of this has happened in the last four years imagine the next yeah, four years imagine like the, your next chapter yeah like even then, not even in the last four after lockdown so the past year and a half yeah. everything just blew up I'm like what the hell? Like, because before lockdown, I was just fighting. It was my friends coming down, and no one really knew who I was. And then within a year and a half, I'm thinking, what the hell has happened? So, it, like, if I keep putting my head down, what's gonna happen in the next year and a oh, half? Yeah, exactly, if I man. keep getting these accomplishments, keep putting the work in. But you're still like so young, and like, yeah, there's so there's so much more you can keep growing. Yeah, that's it. what I'm saying. Like, I'm still a baby in the sport. Like. The thing is, like, I'm fighting guys who have been training since they're, like, four years old. I've only been, yeah. or four or five years old. Like, they've been training their whole life. I've literally only been training four or five years. So then, I'm just thinking about the potential I have. To, exactly, man. But I purely put it down to the work rate I've put in. Because I'm definitely not nowhere near as physically or genetically talented as a lot of the guys I train with. Because, like, they'll come in and a year, within a year, they're like, I'm thinking, shit. Or, like, you'll see them first come in. And the initial way of training, the initial way they're throwing punches, reacting to everything, you're like, holy crap, these guys could be killers right. if they put the work in. But then some of them, they'll go off, the whatever, they're just like, oh, you know, the sport's not for me. Yeah. And you're thinking, that's such a um, that's such a high level of potential that's just gone it's down the drain. Wasted, yeah. But then, obviously, I came into the sport, I wasn't the best, I just wanted to have fun and I was just putting the work in. And now I'm looking at where I am. Like, that's one thing I'll always tell everyone because... Just put the work in, even if, even on the days, like, you're not, you're like, oh, I can't be bothered. As long as you keep turning up to the set, to the, se- to the session with consistency, it, it does change, like, it makes a huge difference. Hard like, work over talent. Yeah, 100%, like, yeah. I mean, but then when you see hard work and talent together, you're like, shit. Next level. Yeah, you're like, you're a monster, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> nah, you, you, bro, you've got time, man. You're, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you've th- what you've done already in the sport, like in such a short like space of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, just looking bright. Yeah, man. like guys ask me, "Oh, when are you turning pro? When are you this?" I'm like, think I just tell them straight. I'm I'm in genuinely no rush. Like, yeah. I don't even mind turning pro when I'm 24, 25. Like, I wanna my plans are when I turn pro, I wanna take the sport sport by storm. Like, I don't wanna have it where I have to ha- pad my record like five, six fights before I'm fighting all these best guys. When I turn pro, I want to be straight up there mixing up the best. Like, I don't want no... I want to be in the UFC, like, within a few years of turning pro. I don't want to have right. it where I'm turning pro and then I'm fighting for another five, ten years just for an opportunity. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I want to build that reputation to the point where that opportunity 
is mine. Like, I deserve the opportunity straight away. Fox. So, like, how, what's the process of like actually turning pro, though? How does that? So, so that's thing. Like? MMA is actually unlicensed, so I could turn pro now if I wanted. Like, literally, all I need to do is have a pro fight, like a fight under pro rules, and right, any right. any promo. I could do that on any promotion right now. And to be fair, like any promo, any region promotion would let me have one. It's not like mm-hmm. everyone would let me straight. Everyone would think, oh yeah, yeah, I am, like I'm ready for the pro levels. Right. But then my thing is, I just don't want to. I'd rather, I'd prefer staying at amateur fighting, getting that experience because I know I'm nowhere near experienced enough for pro. Like I see the the skill difference between me and my head coach Shaj. He's the number one pro, and I'm supposedly like in the top five amateur flyweights, and I'm just thinking. The gap between top five amateurs and top right. and the number one pro is just what is actually the difference even. between like what would you because obviously I, like, I can't Shad would probably finish me in the first round of fight, like literally, like sub me, knock me out. Yeah, is, like, it, is it that's is how it good like he is? Attention to detail, like, like more technical, like it's side just, of it. Or? I'd probably say overall, it's the fight IQ and because. Technique, a lot of guys kind of stall in it. Like, you can only get so good at a certain technique. Right. Obviously. But then it's the being able to make the technique work. Because mm. you can have the technique, but not have it work for you. Not have the technique adjusted to the way you need to make it work right. for you. Or Like, pros like Shaj and like my grappling coach Jordan, they've got, they know all the techniques, but they also know how to make it work for them and a system of how to of putting all these te- techniques together to like a step-by-step ladder that they just have to go through to get what they need to, to get the outcome they need. Like they'll know what they have to do f- to go from a takedown to pass the, pass someone's guard to take their back to then get a sub. And they'll be able to do it step-by-step, even no matter what reaction you give them, they have right. an answer for everything. Right. It's just like ingrained. In yeah. It's, they already know. The yeah. Thing. Yeah. So they, they're like three steps ahead. Right. And then I'd say that's the main difference. It's like being able to transition seamlessly. Right, right, right. Whereas at amateurs, you kind of see it. Guys will make a mistake without realizing because it's not their instinct yet. Although they've been training like five, six years. Right, right. It still takes a certain amount of time, certain amount of hard work and for it to just click to get that, just that level difference. Because there's always a gap between pro and amateur. Mm -hmm. Regardless of how good of an amateur you are, once you go against the top pro, there's that level difference. Purely because they know what they need to do, how they're gonna do it, when they're gonna do it, and it's everything just ingrained in them. They're not yeah. even thinking about uh, what at a certain just, point. It's just natural. Yeah, it's just yeah, instinct. I think that all just comes from experience. So yeah, when yeah, the more you so, fight, the... yeah, the more you fight. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I've said. Like I need more experience before I turn pro. Like I've got no intention of turning pro anytime soon. Because I want to at least get my master's out the way first as well. Because mm. it's literally... What are you studying I, in uh, uni? Uh, Satisfy your parents, bro. Psychology, yeah. <laughs> yeah is that what? <laughs> get my parents off my back. Yeah. Then I can... You know what? Yeah, if anyone asks me, oh, what are you doing? Oh, I got a master's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one needs to know I'm fighting. Yeah. No, no, I got a master's. <laughs> I can imagine, man. Because obviously, like, within the Asian community, like, telling telling your parents that you're, like, you're fighting. Yeah, like, I want to take fighting yeah, yeah. full time. It's like... Are you crazy? Man? Yeah. Uh, are you stupid? Yeah. Do you want to get out of the house right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. How did how like how was it like introducing that to your parents? Was it like quite hard to get? You know what? It's, it's weird. You know, like 
because obviously they were okay with me training because mm-hmm. it was just training. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. he just he just having fun. And then when I said I'm having a fight, no, you're not. You're not fighting. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, no. And then, but then obviously I explained to them, I put all this time in, like, why let it go to waste? So initially, the boxing fight was just meant to be, oh, it's a one-off fight. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They had it in their head. Oh, he's going to fight once and then he's not going to want to fight anymore. <laughs> and then once I got the taste of it, though, I was like, I want to fight again. Yeah. But I didn't tell them that. Uh, I just kept training. I just kept my head down, just kept training. And then my second fight came along. And they were like, oh, no, no. And then uh, I was just like, they were like, oh, but you've already fought. I was like, no, but I haven't fought MMA yet. I want to fight MMA once. I want to try that out. I was like, okay, we'll let you try that out once. Second fight comes. Oh, no, it's a big opportunity. Okay, we'll let you have that then. (laughs) Third fight comes. No, you're not fighting anymore. I'm like, oh. And then I'm thinking, oh shit, I'm running out of excuses. <laughs> yeah. What do I say now? <laughs> but then third fight comes, and then my brothers kind of start backing me. Like, my brother's like, oh, actually, he's doing really well. Like, he could do something right. from this. Like, there's the opportunity there for him to be able to do something with his life rather than just no disrespect to anyone, but rather than just go kind of sit on a street corner or mm-hmm. l- kind of do the bare minimum or just go and work in a takeaway for his whole life. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. If that's what you want to do, do it. Yeah. But that wasn't something that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, I wanted to break the mold. I wanted to go out my own way. And my brothers backed me on it. And then my brothers helped me convince my parents. Even now, like when I tell them that I've got a fight, they're like, oh, why do you need to fight? But they kind of know that I am going to fight. Right. So they've made peace with it. They've made yeah. peace with it. They don't expect me to go full time with it just yet, but cross that bridge when you get to yeah. it <laughs> that's you can't really go any other way because obviously yeah. parents are going to be scared yeah like it's not like what you're doing bro that's like one yeah, of the it's scariest things yeah. you can do it like like if my kid came to me and said oh i want to i want to be mma i'm saying shut the hell up yeah. go back to school like that's coming yeah. from me who fights mma like i honestly i wouldn't let my kid fight yeah like because <laughs> you know what happens yeah like he can train or they they can train, they can maybe have a one or two arm strikes, but there's no way in hell my kid is going to be a pro fighter. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> That's why I have, because to be fair, when I grow up, I want to be at a point where my kids don't have to do any of that. They yeah. they can just enjoy life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have to suffer put, like <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean? Take, kick to the yeah, head. Yeah, kick in the head for no reason. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying, but I, I do understand where they're coming from because yeah. like, I think about it, like, I would not let my kid do yeah. this. But I've somehow managed to get them to a point where they just have to say yes. Yeah. I guess like your brother's support. That yeah. Helped, you know, that helped a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. if yeah. they didn't, then it would have been literally just me being shut down straight by my yeah. parents. Because obviously with me being the youngest in the family, I kind of have the least say just how the youngest barely ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, little kid in it. It's all like I'm always the baby of the family. Yeah. Of the family. So then when my brothers kind of backed me up, they were, my mum and dad kind of said, oh, actually, you know what it is? There's something there. Yeah. Like, for his brothers to, who have lived their whole life, they're like 26, like one of them's 30. They're like, oh, you know what it is? They've lived quite a lot of their life. They know what, they know it's not bad what he's doing. Yeah. Like, he's not going on a street corner selling drugs. He's not. Exactly, he, yeah. It is keeping him, because that's one thing they said. It's keeping him away from, it's keeping me away from doing any of that because kind of where I live, you'll see a lot of the guys kind of just smoking on street corners they go into that type of party life. Yeah. My parents didn't obviously want that. So then my brother helped them realize this is what's kind of help, helping yeah. keep me away as well. So I was just like, yeah, keep going then. It's keeping your discipline done. Yeah. No, I love that, man. Like, 
the discipline's annoying as hell though. Tell me about <laughs> how you like how how do you still socialize when it comes to the discipline part? Because I know you said six weeks you had to eat a certain way and stuff. Yeah, did, so, that, did that affect your social life and stuff? Yeah, yeah. so get, when I'm getting ready for it, I pretty much don't have a social life. Mm. Like, because my, my schedule for the past six weeks has literally been, I'll wake up at seven, I'll go to seven or eight o'clock, I'll go to train, I'll have my, obviously I'll have my breakfast and then I'll just go to my training session. I'll come back and Monday to Wednesday and Saturday, Sunday, I'll go straight to work. And then once I come back from work, I literally have like an hour to nap and then I'm straight back to training again. And then I get back home and I'm just knacked. And then Thursday and Fridays, I'm at uni. So then it'll be train in the morning, uni, train again, back to bed. So literally Sundays are like the only day I'll have to kind of do what I need to kind of socialize a little bit. Yeah, but, yeah. but then you're too tired. Yeah. So Sunday, I'm just like, I'll Rest. come home from like, like, can't be bothered. And then by the time I'm like, okay, you know what it is? I'll go do something. It's like six, seven o'clock. And then I'm like, I've got yeah, to be up early right. tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm like, so I'll, I'm, I'll probably go out for like an hour or two just to talk to my friends or play in the PlayStation. But even then, yeah. So socializing is something I just kind of have to, I know that I'm going to be giving up for six mm-hmm. weeks. Like, it's just a part of the commitment. Yeah. Like my socializing has, at the moment, is just talking to the guys in the gym. Like mm. kind of just general banter with them. Yeah. But you spend in, it like most of your time in there yeah like, yeah 100% yeah. like in terms of socializing like going to do activities and whatnot if I do want to do something I'll have to plan it for a Sunday and I'll have to make sure that all my other friends are free and then like um, I, I got to go to I don't know if you've heard of a psychopath where it's, it's like a screen park where you're just going doing these maze and guys are just trying to scare you I nice. shot myself multiple where, times where is this? Um, it was where was it? Just past Newcastle. Oh shit! Okay. Is that where Speed went when you saw that? You know that guy that uh, streams all the time. Yeah, 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 he went to that scary place. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Speed went to one of them. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So we went to one, and oh my days! It is the scariest thing I've done in my <laughs> what life. Left hook someone. Like, what are <laughs> <they>? <laughs> that's your natural response. Yeah. No. It? No. But that's what I'm saying. Even no. That's what I'm saying. Like I was thinking about left hooking someone because <laughs> one of them yeah comes up to me saying, "Get in the corner." I'm like. Why? Now, like, he's let all my friends go, and he just get—he's just cornering me in like some little shitty corner. I'm like, bro, what the hell? And he's like, get on your hands and knees. I'm like, I'm not getting on my hands and knees, bro. What the hell is, it? bro? I came to get scared, not, not anything else. You get me? Like, what are you trying to do to me on my hands and knees? What's wrong with you? And then he, I'm telling you, his breath smell as well. I'm thinking, oh, bro, days. get out of my face. Your breath smells. <laughs> And then he just not let me. He's got like a bat and everything. I'm like, like you just let me out, please. <laughs> like I'm at this point, I'm begging. I'm like, bro, please, just let me out, man. My friends are gone. Why? Why? <laughs> so is, is this one of those things where you like you walk like through something? And yeah, yeah. Just but even, there's like out. all these dead ends and stuff like that. Like there was one where it was like a cornfield, and then there's these scarecrows. I'm like, I'm looking at these scarecrows. Like I'm telling you, someone's gonna jump out somewhere, <laughs> somewhere. So then, at every scarecrow I'm going past, I'm like, I'm You're ready in it. Yeah, like, like I'm touching it. I'm like, are you a real person or not? And then there was another one, yeah. Like, one of the scarecrows, I don't know, it just grabbed it. What the? Ash. There was a few times, like, I literally thought I might poo myself. Yeah. Like, that, it was to the point where it was that scary. Like, oh, shit, I can't, I didn't have my voice for like two weeks after because I was just screaming just for about an hour and a half straight. I was just screaming. And like, these aren't just like, little man screams you get me like these are like literal 
feminine high pitched <laughs> screams like where I'm just running I'm literally running like genuine fear oh wow cause you think cause some of them cause initially you're thinking oh you know then they're not allowed to grab me but then they're coming at you with chainsaws and you're like I can't take the risk like <laughs> what if what if it's real so yeah, yeah what if somebody just like, seriously just hijacked yeah, it or some shit yeah. like yeah cause before I even went someone told me like someone actually said that they were like oh what if it's a serial killer like what oh that's the perfect place for a serial killer you know what they could easily just fake it <laughs> so that's already the back of my head in it and then there's like this part like you're in like a butcher's thing right. and then um, all of a sudden you just hear a chainsaw and then you hear it scraping and like the guy's walking towards you all of a sudden he's full pelt running at you and you're like, you, it's like, shit. You, <laughs> you just run. Yeah, what do I do? And then, so I just ran for my life in it. And then we're all like, oh, nah, it's safe, it's safe. Like, because there's like, because I left two of my friends behind, they can't run. I'm like, yeah, you know what? You, it, <laughs> God, do what you yeah, do. if you, it is what it is. Bro, it is what it is, yeah. <laughs> you lot chose to come here. I never forced you. If you die, personally, I'll, I'll pray for you, but yeah, I'm alive. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So I ran for my life. And there's about four of us left. The other two, we don't know where they are right now. We just see right, like today. No, no. Uh, when we oh, were right, okay. yeah. So the other two, we d- we didn't know where they were. Yeah. So then four of us ran, and well, like it's pitch black as well. But like we can barely see a thing. And then as we go, we hear them scream out, and we're like, "What the? What's happening down there?" So yeah. then I was like, you know, some of them were saying, "Oh, let's go back." I'm like, "Hell no, I'm going straight ahead." <laughs> so two of them go back, and now it's literally only two of us going forward. Oh, everyone spread out. Yeah, everyone oh. spread out. And then Is you, that can... what you one of them horror movies. That yeah, you're, seeing? <laughs> you're like, Shit. I'm like, why would you split up? You have watched enough horror movies to know this is not what you do, bro. We're gonna die here. And then I was there was a there was a sofa. I'm like. Like, as we're walking, I'm like, okay, you know what it is? I'm like to my friend, you know what it is? I need a rest, bro. Like, I've been running so much. I'm screaming. Let me just calm down a little. So as I'm about to sit down on the sofa, some black shadow just jumps at me. I jump on the sofa like, ah, shit. And then this person literally just stood over me. I'm like, I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> yo, this, yo uh, fuck it. I just accepted it. I just said, like, right, kill me. Just take my life. Just take it. You know what? I fucked up. I shouldn't have sat down. <laughs> I made so the mistake. was a red flag. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I didn't expect no, because I thought, because I'd, I'd it's just a small room, like a small container we've gone into, right. isn't it? So I'm thinking, because I've looked around, oh, there's no one here. I don't know where this guy came out. I'm telling you, he came out of the wall. Some, he was, he was an actual ghost. He, I don't know what it was. It wasn't human, because that should not have came out of nowhere like that. Bro, I checked the room. I cleared the room out. But, yeah, n- Honestly, though, one of the best experiences of my life. <laughs> I would do it again. <laughs> Definitely do it again. Oh, it's one thing. Psychopath. Yeah, psychopath. Yeah, yeah. psychopath. Sick. Because one of those things, yeah, we just entered the venue. Some little midget, yeah. Like, bear in mind, it's like the bike's like literally lower than my knee, where my knee is right now. Some little midget on a bike on that. And then he's just got a knife. And obviously, he just starts coming towards me slowly. Full pedal coming at me, like doing handbrake turns on a, on a little bike. I'm like, what the hell? I'm running I'm start running away I'm like yo mm. what the hell man I've just entered and Chucky's coming after me like, what the f- like what is this so I'm running for my life and then I get pushed by some of the other actors who were working there they're like yeah you're stuck here I'm like why is everyone after me <laughs> like my friends are just sitting chilling why am I the one running why am I the one getting run chased by everyone so I was thinking I swear these love got 
my friends must have told them something yeah. for the, for me to be targeted that way because I did not deserve it. <laughs> they must have known that I was the one who can run because my friends are some of my friends are quite unfit. Right. They must have known that I was the one who's just gonna run for my life. And just leave them behind. <laughs> so they all grouped up. Yeah. So yeah, they, they all grouped up, up and but which in hindsight I probably should have stayed with the group. But yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm just running for my life. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, because I didn't want to take the risk. Cause what if it is a serial killer? Yeah, I'm not taking that risk. Bro. <laughs> Never know, man. I've still got a fight coming up in the <laughs> Yeah, you, you give me your, I'm fighting in six weeks. You know what? If you lot, if something happens to you lot, I'll let your mothers know. I know where you lot live. That's what I'm saying. One of us got to survive. You get me? Yeah. Someone's got to tell everyone yeah. what happened. That's true. Got to think ahead. Yeah. <laughs> See, I wasn't scared. I was being smart. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'd love to go Shit. back though. I need to go. Never been. Yeah, Never I, even I, heard I, of it. I didn't know there was like yeah. something up yeah. here. Yeah, man, it's sick. It's Obviously, we paid a bomb for tickets. So it was like £50 a ticket that we paid for. Right. But that's because we got the last, last chance sale. Like, Because tickets are released uh, periodically. So the early release, which is like £20 tickets. Then right. it's 30 40 mm. Oh, is it not something that's just on all the time? No, no, no. So oh, it's only right, right. on during October. Oh, for like yeah. Halloween. Yeah, so once a year ah. during Halloween. But there is one in Teesside. I'm not too sure how long that's on for. But that's actually been... Like Channel 4's been to that one. Right. Like Channel 4's done an article on that one. Like it's known as one of the best uh, screen parks in, in the UK. So we were going to go to that one, but we just didn't have time. But Psychopath? Yeah. I appreciate you saying You just gave me an idea to do it. Can we, you like record you try that? when you're... Nah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're not, when you're inside, you're not allowed to... Like right. you can record when you're outside, but when you're wait Or like when you're waiting in the queue. But when you're actually inside the like little mazes, you're not allowed to record. Right. One of my friends actually did record and the flash came out. And then, I don't know, someone just pops up, who the fuck was that? I'm like, what the? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> when? Constantly be watched. Yeah, like, you're thinking, where did you come? And then they're like, and then they're looking at you, like, giving you some weird look like they want to touch you. It's really weird. Like, don't get, yeah. Right. Fucking yeah, and like, because they're paid actors, so they know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. So then they're just trying to scare you in the world. And they're like, like they say beforehand, if we ever see your camera, where all like we're allowed to kick the shit out of you that's basically what they tell you and you're thinking shit is my friend about to get jumped by all these actors I'm thinking you know what it is I'm taking a step I'm taking a step back I'm not getting involved <laughs> bro you should not have got your camera out <laughs> oh no. my days no but you definitely need to go cause oh no the, other, the scariest one though it's called isolation where everyone has to go in by themselves you're is not allowed it, is in this group. like part of the same thing? yeah part of that because right. there's like six different ones you can go in right. isolation is where you have to run down a tunnel yourself and you're in a scary you're in a maze with all these dead ends by yourself with multiple guys chasing you yeah allow that bro no 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 I swear on the sick by yourself yeah bro <laughs> I'm telling you I started headbutting walls in it because like, I'm just full pelting it I headbutted like a haystack I'm like yo where the hell am I I don't know where I am oh because there's like loads of dead ends yeah, yeah loads of dead ends way. And then when they corner you off, it's the type of shit. Like one of them gets me in a corner and goes, "You've got beautiful eyes." I'm like, uh, "Why? Why do I get the weird ones?" I'm thinking, like saying that the one my friends fell over because he told me after they came out he goes, and then they just made him do squats in the middle of the thing, press ups, everything. They're like, "You're not going to, unless you do what we say." Literally making him do all these physical exercises. I'm like. Wow. Yo, you had some weirdos, you know. Like I thought I had a weird one. He didn't actually make me do anything, or he was just kind of talking to me. Right. This guy was literally forced to do random shit before he could even leave. 
That does not sound fun, bro. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it was fun, though. In, in the, hindsight. Uh, in the end, yeah. Yeah, no, because the adrenaline rush is sick. Yeah, when you're going through it. Uh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. even then, sometimes, when you're just kind of walking from, because it's a huge venue, when you're walking from um, part to part of the actual venue, some out of nowhere, a zombie will come to start chasing you. Yeah, so you're always, like, alert. Yeah, you're yeah, all, yeah. you never get to just chill. You're always, something's always, like, you, you've got to stay alert, otherwise, you're going to get captured and... <laughs> captured? Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, man. God knows. Yeah, I didn't take the risk, bro. I ran for my life. I was not taking that risk. Like, even when you're in a queue, yeah, you'll sometimes get chased out by that little midget with a knife. Chucky, Chucky coming Yeah, Chucky just comes... Nah, and when I say midget, like, imagine, like, I swear his... Like, the bike was literally, like, three inches off the floor. Like, like yeah. a proper dwarf. Yeah. Like, it's an actual dwarf on a bike. On a dwarf sized bike. So, and then, oh, man, just everywhere you go. I'm like, how are you appearing? I've been walking for 10 minutes to get from one part to another. How are you here? Why are you following me? Why me? Wow. Yeah. Oh, when was this? Yeah, I'm getting PTSD. Oh, you went, you went uh, last month, in it? Last yeah, month, yeah, October. in October. Yeah, man. I think, oh my God. Scarier than a fight? Hell yes. Yeah? Hell, bro. What? Seriously? Nowadays, yeah. Like, if you asked me four fights in, I would have said no. Because this, this fight was the scariest thing in my life. Yeah. But now, when I walk in the cage, or like even before, I'm literally smiling, laughing. That, like, I like I start dancing and shit. Like, just putting my tune on. I'm just dancing. Like, as I'm walking out, I'm literally vibing to the music that I've got yeah. on. And I'm dancing. And then in the cage, you'll see me, if you watch, uh, if anyone watches any of my fights on YouTube, you'll see I'm always smiling. Yeah. Like literally, I'm loving it. Like I, cause I think that's when that's how I started to deal with my nerves. Cause in my religion, I believe that everything's planned. Like everything's predestined. So I stopped worrying about the outcome as much. I was like, you know what it is? Whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen. I really don't like. I can't do anything about that. All I can do is just work hard. You know what I mean? Like. I can't just be a bum because then I'm just asking to lose. Yeah, But I know as long as I work hard, I'm okay with the outcome as long as I get to have fun. Like, I started to tell myself I want to enjoy the experience, not just stress myself out. Right. So now when I'm in the cage, I'm literally thinking, let's just have some fun. Whatever happens, it is what it is. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. I'll put the work in, you put the work in. Let's find out who wins. Who's, who's the better man. Yeah, who's the better man. And then, fair enough, if they win, props to them, they won. If I win... Lesson learned. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If I win, I'm the better, I'm the better guy, and obviously I go in every fight confident that I am gonna win. But yeah, yeah, I don't. Honestly, the outcome does not bother me. Like, how, it, yeah. How how did you deal with your first loss? Was that hard or? Oh, uh, see, the first loss was the one where, because this was before my mindset changed to, oh, whatever happens happens. This is when I was thinking winning is everything. Mm. So then after I lost, I was down. Like, cause I fought on the same night as a few of my teammates, and my, all my teammates won. I was literally the only oh, one in my team who lost and I'm thinking, shit. Because I kind of know why I lost. I, I, I went into the fight way too overcome. I was like thinking, oh, I'm just going to run through this guy. This guy's got nothing. And honestly, the way I felt after that loss was like, that's the worst I'd felt in such a long time. Like I was close to crying and everything because I'd put so much work in. But then now I look back, that loss was the best thing that happened to me. Like it changed my game completely. It made me realize... I had such a big weakness in my game that just got exposed in that fight. Like, in a few previous of my fights, that weakness nearly got exposed, but it didn't, and I ended yeah. up winning. But nice. in that fight, that guy just caught, he, he was able to expose that weakness. And then, 
since that happened, I was able to level up my game. And then that loss is what propelled me into becoming, getting into the position I am. Because after that loss, I went on a three-fight win streak and became double champ, became the number one flyweight fly in the UK. And then, obviously, I lost again in my last fight. But kind of even after that loss, I've felt my game improve so much. Like, I'm even, I'm even training with the guy who actually beat me in my last fight, Joe Fields. Wow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, right, because right now he is the he's he's the number one. I was the number one before he beat me. Yeah, he's the number one. Props to him. And I train with him now, and I'm like, shit, my game's leveling up so much just by learning from that loss. Yeah, because like obviously once you lose, you know there was a weakness there. Yeah, yeah. you get to like directly work on. That. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because when you win, and then someone say nearly beating you in a certain way, or they've you'd kind of overlook it a little because yeah, you're like, oh, I was able to get out. Yeah, yeah, I won. It's, it doesn't matter. It's like, just because they were able to do something, maybe it was a fluke. Yeah. But when someone actually catches you out with your weakness, you're like, shit, that's really a hole there that now we need to fix. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that I'm training with him now because he was able to um, kind of find that weakness, I, while we're training together, he's always trying to expose that, but that's now allowed me to fix that hole and then... Yeah get ex- kind of he can't do as well with that same technique yeah so honestly losing, losing my two losses part, are the best lo- yeah yeah it's like the best my last my two losses are i'd probably say the best things that have happened to me yeah like they've in, I, it's the first time i've been able to well the the both times i've been able to feel myself improve straight away yeah like it's like a level up in my game like sometimes when i like i kind of feel like myself plateau a little I feel myself level up. When like, you lose, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I feel like, oh shit. Like, it's almost I, like forced. You have to make yeah, yeah, a decision yeah. right now. You yeah, can't. like, it's like, either I keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to probably lose again or I change up what I'm doing and I get that much better. And without that loss, I probably wouldn't have made those changes. Yeah. Like, one of the changes I made was to my strength and conditioning because all, although I was lifting heavy, none of it was transferring to my actual training. Like, I think for Zercher squats, I was doing like three reps for like 140 kilo, which for someone my size is... Wait, very, wait, how much do you wear? Uh, right now, 61. That's and you do 140 squat? Yeah. That, like, that's is, is that the one where you're... Uh, on the elbows, yeah. That's mad, 140. bro. Yeah, yeah. That's no, crazy. but that's what I'm saying. Like, I did three... Yeah, I was doing like three reps. I was like... And like three sets, but when I was fighting, I was getting like taken down. Like, I couldn't use any of that strength. Right. Now I'm doing with my new coach with my new strength and condition coach, Terence, he's got so much background in the sport where he's actually like a Commonwealth silver medalist. Mm. He's a sports nutritionist. He's got a sports science degree. So he's helping me to transfer all my actual weight training into my actual, into MMA. Because now I'm, I'm not lifting anywhere near as heavy as before as I was. Like, I think for Zercher squats now, I'm doing like 90 kilo for eight reps. So it's a lot less than 140, like it's like 50 kilo less. But now even everyone I'm training with is saying, you're feeling a lot stronger. Like, guys aren't being able to just power through me. Like, I'm throwing guys around now. Yeah. And it's not just a technical difference because it hasn't been that long. My technique yeah. couldn't have improved that much. I know it's a physical... I can feel a big physical difference because even guys bigger than me, I'm being able to stop now. Yeah. Like what, like, what do you think that, like, switch was, though? I think it's that mind-to-muscle connection. Right. Like, because before I was lifting the weights but 
maybe my form wasn't the best and the coach I had before, he wasn't realizing it. Right. But now everything's very strict. Like, yeah, I'm, it's, it's all strategic. Yeah, strategic yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. and it's all <clears throat> tapered. Like, whereas before it was just balls to the wall every day. Right. So, right. Ev- so I, was, I think maybe right. I might have been even overworking. So I was right. constantly. I was constantly training, fatigued. Like I could feel myself burning, burning out. Whereas now I'm going to sessions fresh. Even after my strength and condition, I feel like I'm recovering in those few hours. Be- yeah. In before my second right. session of the day, and then I'm kind of going into it fresh. And then um, it's also really using my core in every action now. Because before it was kind of I just use my legs mm-hmm. or I just use my arms. Now I'm using my arms, and now that's backed by my shoulders, by my core. By my legs, right. so everything's working together now. Yeah, so Whereas, you're learning to like use everything together. Yeah, to, to really rather than having to use hundred percent of my arms and then hundred percent of my legs. Now I'm using like fifty percent arms, fifty yeah. percent legs, and overall it's making a much bigger frame. Like mm. it's a much stronger frame, yeah. and it's I'm I'm a lot more efficient. I'm not fatiguing anywhere near as quick, which is very good for me because my whole game is I fatigue guys to the point to the point where I then, I then take over. Right. Because. Right, I'm not the fastest starter. Yeah, I'm not the right. fastest starter. I know I'm not. I don't know what it is, but uh, I'm. I know I'm just not the fastest. I'm not the most explosive. Right. I know my body type. Guys will be more explosive than me. But then you can last. You yeah, can I can last, and then I can also put them in the position where even when they're explosive, they still can't do anything to me through the techniques, through the building those frames. So then now they've got to use everything to try and break through that. And if they eventually do, they've burned everything out. Yeah, yeah, they've drained everything. So then I'm like, oh, well, yeah, you can't do nothing anymore. I've weathered, once you weather that storm for like the first round, it's like, yeah, now you've got four rounds left and I'm I'm still 100%. Right, you're at 60. Right, right, right. Game over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it always happens. Like, I get so much better as the fight goes on. Like, unless someone can take me out in the first round, which is, have lost my two fights. I I don't think there's any way you can beat me. Right. There's no way you can beat me if the fight goes on. Like the only way to beat me is taking me out in the first round. But even then, I've made those changes to the point where I don't feel like anyone can beat me in the first round now. To the yeah, point, to the way the way I'm fighting now. That, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm learning from that. So it's like, how are you gonna beat me? Because I know you can't. I know you can't beat my gas tank. Yeah. I've got a third lung. Like there's no way in hell guys are guys are gonna go into the fifth round fresher than me. Like I've everyone I've sparred with, no matter who it is, it always comes to it. It comes to like third, fourth, fifth round. I'm feeling completely fine. They always start to drain. Yeah. Even if they they're like I'm sparring with someone who's like seventy kilo, realistically I should be the one who's been working harder. But then come fifth round, maybe because they're bigger, they're not as fatigued as someone my size would be, but they're still more fatigued than me. Right. So then, yeah. So where? So if you go into the fourth, fifth round, what do you That's now do? Done. Yeah. So then it's like, and now being a now be, being even more efficient, it's like shit. Now I can maybe the way they feel in the fourth round, I can make them feel like that in the third, second round. Right. By the right. third, second round, because now they're having to work even harder to do what they need yeah. to do in the first round. Whereas before, because they're that explosive, they didn't have to work. Sometimes they could just power through, mm-hmm. but now they can't do that anymore. It's just like knowing your strengths and then taking yeah, yeah. advantage of it, isn't it? Like, because you know, like, you've got endurance, so you can last. Yeah, that's something like, like making the other person. Yeah, because if I, 
if I can last, none of that matters unless I can make them work. Right. Because if yeah, I can, yeah. just because I can last, if I don't make him work and I let him go at his pace, he can last at that pace. Right, right. But right. if I can make him work at a pace he doesn't want to, or at, at, at my pace, then there's no way he's going to be able to keep yeah. up. So it's just that kind of finding that balance because although I can last, I still can't let him do what he wants because they've trained us for so long to be able to go at their pace. Yeah. yeah. So it's just taking guys out of their yeah. own comfort zone. And even if they can take me out there, because I know if they can take me out of my comfort zone, they're having to work very hard out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm getting tired, I know they're getting even more tired than me. Right, right. So I'm just like, I really don't care. Like, make try and make me work hard. I know you're working 10 times harder. It's yeah. such a strategical game. Man. Yeah. Like it's such a... You just... You're, it's just... Like, I feel as though so much mind games involved. 100%. Like, that's how you see, like, guys who are nowhere near as technically good as the person they're fighting. Mm-hmm. They, they end up winning purely by game planning the shit out of someone. They'll be like, like, there'll be... Like, you saw Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Conor McGregor is a much better striker yeah. than Dustin Poirier. But they found a weakness in the leg kicks to be able to really slow Conor down to the point where Conor started off maybe... If you put it in levels, Conor's a level 10. Mm-hmm. Dustin Poirier's a, le- a level 6. Dustin Poirier was able to, with kind of... Bring him yeah, down. Yeah, bring him down to now level 5. Right. Right, After right. last, like, he survived the initial outbo- outburst, weathered the storm in the first minute. He nearly he nearly got knocked out, but he weathered the storm in the first minute, two minute, and then once that initial explosion's gone, he started working his game plan, bringing Connor down slowly and slowly yeah. until you saw it to the point where now Dustin probably looked like the better striker. Right, I get what you mean. It's like slow. It's like all the calf kicks are a huge yeah. thing now. Like yeah, they hurt like a. <laughs> They hurt a lot. You know what it is? Because obviously we spar with shin guards on, so they don't hurt as bad right. until the sparring session's done and you take the shin guards off. That's when you feel And then yeah, and you've yeah. cooled down and you're like, who the hell was kicking the crap out of me, man? Like, what the hell? Which one of y'all did it? I'm thinking, like, is, there's no need to hurt me that yeah. much. You know what I mean? Like, we're all friends here. <laughs> like, we're all friends. Why you gonna, why you gonna kick me for there? Why? What are you doing? We're meant to be friends. <laughs> but like, is there, is there like a lot of conditioning that goes into like, because, you know, like the 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 fights in the UFC now, it's like everyone goes for the calf skin, like slowly. Yeah. Put one in, put one in, yeah. back, put one in. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's like slowly um, just killing their legs. Yeah. That's what like, the thing is with the calf of how small it is, like how small it was, it's so, and then it's so hard to condition because yeah. right near your shin bone, it's, a, it's, it's such a feeble area. Yeah, it? it's such a hard place to condition. So then, obviously, as your body does eventually kind of, like, when you first get hit with one, compared to when I get hit with one now, it's nowhere near as bad. Right, right. But still, if someone was to, if I was to just kind of let someone kick my car for, like, a round or two, it would still inflict a lot of damage. Yeah. Like, it's just a very big area in MMA that was just, no one really used it much, but now guys are using it you're seeing the effect of it. Yeah. Like, it's very effective. But it's also a high-risk, high-reward. Because the calf's so close to the shin, a guy can easily check it. And that's why you've seen some guys kind of break their shin. Yeah. Going yeah. for it. 
Oh, so yeah. like, imagine if they're going for the calf, but then you turn your leg. Yeah, you turn your leg, shin. hits the shin. You can break your leg, right. or you can hurt your leg a lot. We're like, ah, oh, probably not going to throw that again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Is that, is that, that's what happened to McGregor, right? Yeah. Like, it hit his shin. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's why, guys, that's why it's because it's, it's, a, it's a high risk, high reward. So, if you land it, yes, it will do a lot of damage. But if you land it wrong, you do a lot of damage to yourself. Yeah. That's why it wasn't used much right. before. And then that's why when guys started throwing it, it caught guys off guard, which is why it was so effective because no one knew how to check it. Yeah. But now guys are starting to use it so much, guys are starting to check it. So now, you, now you're starting to see it used less. But the guys who can use it well, that's a dangerous... Killers, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how there's still new techniques that's being like, made yeah, up. Like, yeah, yeah. You, was, you said like, that wasn't a thing that people were doing. Yeah, and, uh, and well, then I was recently, to Joe Rogan, he was saying like Michael Bisping went through his whole career without ever having to face a calf kick, like it just yeah. didn't yeah. exist. Yeah, and then he was fighting for like what twenty years, and he didn't, <laughs> and he didn't get calf yeah. kick. Like even though the technique of a calf kick was around, no one was using it. Yeah, it's like everyone thought, oh no, it's a bullshit technique. Oh, you're gonna end up hurting yourself. But then one guy ends up using it in the UFC and finishes fight. And then suddenly, everyone now using. everyone's realizing, oh crap, no, you can't. Same with the wrestling. I don't think wrestling was as popular after Khabib came, and yeah. everyone's like got a wrestling coach. And yeah, now, yeah, because now, now everyone's realized how important wrestling is. Like wrestling's always been a major factor, but it's ne- It was kind of where, because initially it was the jujitsu guys who were winning everything. Everyone started doing jujitsu. Then the strikers came in. Everyone started Striking. wanting to learn how to strike. Then the rest is then now then you saw the guys like Khabib and all this all these Dagestan all these Dagestani guys. They are oh my yeah God, killers, bro. If oh. a Dagestani ever wanted to fight me, I'm telling you, I'm running the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no, bro. You just look at them and you know, like it's a beard. Just, you see that chin strap. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> you see that chin strap, and you're like, yeah, he's gonna take me down, kick the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah. So if a Dagestani ever said said my name, I'm telling you. <laughs> time for retirement <laughs> that's time for retirement I'm good I don't need to fight anyone who's related to Khabib I'm good I don't need that I like my brain where it is yeah. I'm going home who, who are your current favourite fighters though, like in the UFC or outside of the UFC right now outside of the UFC I would probably say Demetrius Johnson in 1FC because he's one of the guys I just relate to he's a f- um, he's a flyweight himself he's 5 foot 3 Mm. And he's literally smoking guys who are like five, ten, five, like knocking them out. I'm like, yeah, that's my guy right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's also like known as one of the goats. Like he's known as one of the best fighters ever. And like he's a guy who's smaller than everyone. Right. Um, How does he fight people at five ten? Wouldn't that be a weight difference? Right? Um. No. So no, you weight you can still be in. Yeah. So now year. he's fighting at. So he was fighting at one twenty five pounds in the UFC, but then right. now he's fighting at one FC. He's fighting at one hundred thirty five pounds. Right, right, but then right. these guys are a bit like kind of more taller, rangier guys. Right, uh, one thirty-five, and then he's he's a bit more stockier. Right, yeah. So and then, they would be like very skinny in it. Yeah, being... even then, like you look at the guys and you're thinking, how the hell did you make the weight? Like, it, it, they're not exactly like skinny guys. They're strong, explosive guys. They just make the weight of one. Somehow, person. yeah. You're thinking how? You know, uh, what's his name? Alex Borea. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, him. What the fuck yeah, is he doing what, fighting at 185? What is he doing? What the... the like, what? Bro, how big is that guy? Bro, he made, did you see how small Adesanya looked? Yeah, yeah exactly. He looked like a toothpick. And yeah. uh, Israel's fucking... He's like six foot three. Yeah. He's like huge. Israel... No, that's what I'm saying. Israel's not a small guy. Like, Robert Whitaker was saying as well. Israel 
isn't a skinny guy. The only thing is he's just six four, which is why he looks a bit taller. But yeah. he's still a big, big mid- he's still a big guy. Pereira made him look like a yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like Pereira, because you know on the night of the fight, Pereira was over two hundred five pounds. How is that allowed? How I don't can you... know. I don't oh, know. So like you know the weigh in is that the day before? Yeah, day before. Yeah. So usually you get about because so say. Guys will fight, say, on the Saturday at, like, 10 p.m. in the evening. Mm-hmm. You'll weigh in at, like, 10 a.m. on the Thursday, on the Friday, sorry. So, guys get about 36 hours to rehydrate. But I don't know how they put that much weight yeah. back on. Like, I'll weigh in at, like, 56.7. And I'll go up to, like, 60, 61 kilo. That's what, four, four, five kilo. Mm. These guys are putting on, like, 10, 15 exactly. kilo. I'm thinking, how did you make the weight? Like, because I had to cut three kilo and I find, I'm like, that's a lot of weight. I'm thinking, shit, this is a lot of weight. Like, it's yeah. not an easy cut, do you yeah. know what I mean? These guys are cutting like 10 kilo day for me, like, and you're like, how? Mm. What are you doing to be able to cut that weight? Yeah. Like, surely it's got to be cheating. <laughs> and you're thinking, the size difference is mad. Like, I don't know if you saw it the other day, Um, well, I think it was yesterday, in a boxing fight, it was Greg Hardy versus Haseem Rahman Jr. I didn't see it, but I've no. heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Haseem Rahman Jr. weighed in at 205. Greg Hardy weighed in at 305. What the? 100 pound difference. What? Yeah. Is that like, oh, but for heavyweight. Heavyweight, yeah. Heavyweight, yeah. there's no limit. Yeah. But there was a 100 yeah. pound difference. Wow. Same with uh, Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is way heavier than yeah. Deontay Wilder. But even then, Wilder's a specimen like that. Bro, guy bro I your feel like people that? like underestimate Wilder, but yeah. just because yeah. Tyson Fury beat him. Bro, no. one punch from him. Yeah, I think Wilder's going to come back even. Or like an actual better boxer. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, no, Even then, Wilder's got a style where he doesn't need to be a good yeah. boxer. That's yeah, true. Just one true. punch. <laughs> one punch. That's all it takes. That's Not it. even a punch. I don't. know He literally slapped someone one time. At least. They, they dropped him. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that Ortiz fight. He yeah. wasn't even a full punch. Yeah. It was like a half punch yeah. that he did to the top of the, to the forehead, and then yeah. Ortiz literally, <laughs> like literally, he makes you see the Grim Reaper. Yeah. Did you see the recent knockout that he did yeah. against that guy? <laughs> He barely touches them. Like, it's not like he, he's not even punching, he's just taking the piss. Yeah. It's like a jab in it. Like, yeah. It like you know what it is? He's like that final boss. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know that boss who doesn't have a health bar where you gotta start hitting and then the health bar starts coming on. <laughs> Which makes it even more crazy that Tyson Fury went in, played his game, and yeah. knocked him out. Yeah. yeah. Bro, like it's mad. And the but what's even more mad is Tyson Fury recovering. Getting up. The yeah. first fight. Getting up. Yeah. yeah, the first fight. When Deanna Wilder sent him to the Shadow Realm. Yeah. Bro. Literally. <laughs> that was like he, like a full-on punch from Wilder. Yeah. I mean, he was celebrating after he yeah. after that. No, because he was like the Undertaker. Yeah, literally. Literally. like he was... Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 he started... Like, I started praying. I started praying for him, praying uh, his death was everything. I started doing <laughs> Janazah everything. I'm thinking, yeah, my brother just died on screen. <laughs> <laughs> What are we going to do? We've just lost one of the best boxes of our time. And Shame, the guy rises up and still yeah. wins on points. And it's the way he rises up as well. It's not like just just slowly. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Because uh, yeah. normally people rise up yeah. and stumble. Yeah. And, like, find... This guy was just up in the like. Yeah, like full on Undertaker. You're like, yo, you've yeah. been watching way too much WrestleMania. <laughs> Now, the God, streak continues. God to him, bro. Yeah. Like something happened there. So, yeah, something happened. The streak continues. He yeah. made a deal with the devil in that second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know what you have to do to come back to life after that. Because 
anyone else would have stayed though. Yeah, w- yeah. No you know what it is? Mentally as well, you're thinking, do I want to get back? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Last round. <laughs> you're thinking, I just got knocked up by this yeah. guy. He hit me that hard. <laughs> <laughs> he made my arms go sideways. Like, he made me do the cross position. <laughs> he made me look like I'm getting crucified. And then, so you're thinking, I would be in my head like, yo, I don't want to get back up, you know? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, like, what could go through the head to, like, for him to still get up the way he did and still, like, box while Like, how do, how, do, how do you even have the energy to do that? Like, after getting knocked yeah, out. Yeah, that's like what that. I'm saying. Like, surely his energy would have been down or something. Or, but it just looked like he was straight back in the yeah, fight. Like, there was... Back to normal. Yeah, and then he just... And he's still dancing with hands down, doing his normal mm. stuff. Like, you think, oh, hands up now. Like, shit, yeah. I, I can't yeah. get caught again. Nah, he's back to his normal stuff. I'm like, yeah, Tyson Fury... Is, that even... probably shook Wilder even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> Did you see Wilder's face? Yeah, Wilder. his face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, duff. <laughs> How? Because... Everyone watching is thinking, how? Exactly, man. Imagine being wilder there thinking, you just, like, this is the first time you've ever actually hit someone with a real, real punch mm. and he survived. Like, that was a beautiful combo as well. It was yeah, like, oh, yeah, and yeah. then, oh, like, it, was, it looked so sick. Yeah, it was so like, it was, such, it was actual, he actually yeah. boxed for once. Yeah. He didn't just swing. Mm. So now he's thinking, like, Jonathan Wilder usually just touches people and they die. This time he hit him with a full yeah. boxing combo. <laughs> Man hit him with a shot you can. Yeah. And he survived. That means he's the only person that's got up from his punch, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, the only person who's been able to survive Wilder. No one else has beat Wilder. What do you think, Andy Ruiz and Wilder? I think Wilder beats him. Wilder yeah. beats him, yeah. Purely, yeah. I think Wilder beats almost Ant- everyone in the division. I, I think he beats Anthony Joshua. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Like, Just because, unless you can get Wilder out of there, if you go 12 rounds with the guy... All he needs is... That's, that's the thing with, yeah. with Wilder. You need to be perfect for 12 rounds mm. or take him out. Wilder just needs one punch. One, one punch. punch. That's the scare. Not even a punch, that. a touch. Yeah. That's what we call the touch of death. And he started boxing when he was 18, like really yeah. late. Yeah. That's crazy. Extremely late, yeah. And then he, he was turned, in the Olympics in one year. Yeah. yeah. Big... Like... <laughs> that's some... That's some... If you haven't seen the Joe Rogan podcast with him, oh, you got to watch it. It's so sick, his story. Yeah. Talks yeah, about yeah. his daughter and yeah, stuff. Yeah, talks about his daughter and he was doing it for his daughter. That's the even more mad thing. And it's like... And then it's the way he comes out as well with the mask and everything. You're yeah, like... Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, that's some intimidation yeah, right yeah. there. And then have you seen when he just... He knocks a guy down and just... And then the guy gets up, he just stands in the middle of the cage. Just sitting there. Yeah. yeah. And then you're thinking, you got to do finishing moves. <laughs> you got finishing moves coming. <laughs> Shit, get, get your ass out the ring. To this day, yeah. <laughs> oh, that energy is fucking going, man. Yeah, man. Nah, have you seen as well when he complains about oh my uh, my suit? I was walking out and it was too heavy. <laughs> it between yeah. my legs. All of that was a bit. Like, that was too like, much. Yeah, he yeah, couldn't man, take he, the loss. He had so many things he said in like yeah. oh like but he said a lot of shit about his trainers. Yeah, his gloves. His he said he's. Uh, oh yeah, he was, was weird. Apparently, there's some stuff behind that. You know, Isn't there's it? like a YouTube video where. Tyson's old fight, really old fight. You can see the gloves. Apparently, there was no padding on it. Sure. And you can see the something like that. I don't know. But, but there's like, a video on it. When it's such a hype, like everything's regulated, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, everything has to exactly. be checked so much yeah. for but, people to get away with. But shit. even then, guys are getting better at getting away with stuff because the better regulations get, the better, the more sneaky guys get. Like, you see guys creating new steroids just yeah. to get better. Like, TJ Dillashaw was on EPO. 
for so many fights and only got caught in one of his more recent fights. Like, But then by that time, he was already a two-time world champion right. before he even got caught. So he's got all the money, yeah, all the fame all the by that point. And then he gets caught. Then, then you're thinking, okay, um, yeah. I've made my money. And then not, don't get me wrong, man. he's come back, but still like... Same with John Jones. He's still a goat. Yeah, he's and still he a goat. And he was fucking caught with Yeah, the, like he was caught with so many different drugs. Everything. Tyrannobol. But then, even then, it's, people also think it's not like... You know when you take steroids, it's like the effect is still there. Just because you yeah. stop taking the steroids doesn't mean all that all those gains you made are now mm. just going away. Yeah. There's like muscle memory and stuff yeah. that come with it. All those gains and everything are still there. So it's not so just because you're not on it un- anymore, you're still yeah. a cheater because you've used that to get to a point where you are now. Yeah. You yeah, wouldn't exactly. be where you are unless you use those steroids. Yeah. But then it's like can no one can beat him now, so it's like, how can you deny that he's not the best? Yeah. True. John Jones is a go. There was a comparison between him and Khabib. Yeah. And it was like Khabib had 13 fights in the UFC. And John Jones had like 14 yeah, title defenses. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that's actually. Yeah. Like, even then, John Jones' only loss is a disqualification loss. Mm. And that was, even then, like, he was about to finish the guy. And then the referee jumps in saying that you threw a 12. Because in MMA, you're not allowed to throw a 12, like a complete down elbow 12 to 6. John Jones threw one of, the, threw one of them, got disqualified. That's right. literally the only loss. Yeah. Like a loss. Yeah. No. 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 Because he was smashing. He was on top of the guy, smashing him. The ra- the fight was probably a few few seconds away from being finished, but he threw that strike right. and then got disqualified. Yeah, that's a shit way to win. A fight. Yeah, but imagine having a win over John Jones. Like, I take it. Yeah. Oh, for sure, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, nah, man, I beat him. Well, he's <laughs> coming back to heavy as a heavyweight, isn't he? Francis and Gano. He said he's. I think he will. I think he'll fight someone first. Uh, he's, he's not going to go for the Ngannou fight straight away. He has yeah. to fight someone heavyweight first, yeah. you know. But then, yeah, I think... Look at Ngannou, man. Just genetically, what a yeah. animal, bro. Yeah. What a fucking from what he came from, like, working in the sand mines, yeah. that guy's got some story, man. Yeah, yeah man. Like, he's another Wilder. I'd love to see him yeah. fight Wilder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the punching power on both Yeah, guys. man. You're seeing a rip in the time-space continuum when <laughs> <Yeah>. they fight. <laughs> like, suddenly a new dimension occurs and everything. <laughs> Them two punch together like, bro, anime shit kicking up. <laughs> yeah, the, the fucking way <laughs> <Yeah>. he's going. <laughs> the he's going. Suddenly, suddenly we're in everything. <laughs> Dragon Balls come <laughs> flying down. The whole lot. Imagine yeah. if every human looked like Ngannou, man. So aliens just run away. Yeah. <laughs> There would be no wars. Yeah, we don't want this beast. <laughs> yeah, no, because if Ngannou, even if Ngannou saw someone who looked like him, he'd be like, yeah, I'm not trying to fight you. Yeah. Like, imagine, you reckon Ngannou ever looks in the mirror and gets scared? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Shit, well, I'm fucking... Yeah, like, you know what it is? He cuts to 265, you know, like, he cuts to heavyweight. Because in UFC heavyweight, there's a 265 pound limit. Right. He cuts to 265. So his natural weight is it's like even heavier than that. Yeah. 85 or something. Probably, yeah. Even heavier than that, maybe. And he sh- and it's not like he's fat. He's shredded. Yeah. Like he's built to fuck. Yeah. I, that is not a man I would ever want to get on the bad side of. But he's like he seems such a nice guy. Nice as well. Yeah. Like the way he talks. Like he's he's not like. Do you know what I mean? Like you look at someone like that and you think, Raji. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? But he. But yeah, he he's so calm. Himself, yeah. yeah. That's what I, I find like, because someone that has no idea of the sport, like you think you look at an MMA or a UFC fight, you think they're just crazy people and yeah. they're fighting. But they're most most of the time it's the direct opposite in it. Like, yeah, you know, but like 
I'm completely calm. Like, I'm literally the most chill guy. Like, everyone always says this to me. Because when guys who don't know me or they don't know that I fight, they're like, and they find out, like, eh, what the hell? Oh, yeah, I could never imagine you yeah. fighting this stuff. Because I'm thinking, I think it's purely because any aggression we might have, it's Take all out. tamed. And yeah. it's all like, we're, like, well, I'm literally kicking the crap out of me and my teammate. We're literally punching, kicking, yeah. doing all that to each other. So it's like, Everything's if we, getting released. Yeah, yeah, there's always a release. There's We're never just like kind of... But we're doing it in a controlled environment when, when we're not actually even hurting each other. Yeah. So it's just a controlled release. So it's like, where would the aggression have time to build up? Have you ever been in situations where you nearly go into a fight outside of the cage? Like, let's say, oh, like, yeah, public, yeah, and you had to control yourself because you know that you could hurt someone. I've n- <laughs> not too... Po- I, nev- I've nev- I don't really get that angry. I'm more just like... I, start la- I just laugh it off and yeah. I'm like... Like, in my head, I'm thinking... I could kick the shit out of you right it's, now. Because the same way you said people come to you say surprise you fight. Yeah. They might test you. They might try like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys have tested before but I'm just like, yeah, you, you do what you want. I'm not bothered. Yeah. Like, because I'm, having that confidence knowing I can do what I want makes me you think, know, yeah. I don't need to do anything. Yeah. Because it's like, I have nothing to prove because I'm confident in my ability that if I wanted, I could yeah. put you six feet under right now but, I'm not going. Yeah. That's some level of confidence. Yeah, and it literally just, I just walk, so then, if anyone does anything, I'll just kind of laugh it off. I find, like, now, situations where that might have usually angered me, mm-hmm. I just laugh, I, I'm able to just laugh off. Yeah. Mm. I'm just like, yeah, they're like, you can't do anything to me. <laughs> like, it's a bit sadistic, but, like, at least you're like, yo, it's controlled, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's completely, oh. yeah, it might even be sometimes overconfidence, but, it's kind of, because, but I also know myself, like, if a guy who's, like, 6'4", 120 kilo came to me, he probably would kick the shit out of me still. Purely because size does matter in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. That's why there's weight classes. So if a guy with, if, like, a 120 kilo guy came to me, I would know my limit. I know, mm-hmm. So I know how good I am, but I also know my limits, mm-hmm. which is what also stops me from getting involved in anything. Because it's, like, whereas there's these guys who have, like, all these egos who are kind of, like, kind of like guys who are my size have all these oh no 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 I'm not small I can beat the crap out of anyone yeah, yeah, yeah. someone like 6'4 comes to them 120 kilo comes says, says something suddenly kicks off purely because he has that ego like oh I can't I can't let this guy get with it but I'm just like in my head I, I'll like don't get me wrong I'll, all, I'll always talk back like I've got a big mouth it, <laughs> like I will take the piss out of you until until you start crying <laughs> but I also know my limits like I know physically. I know physically in the fight you would probably beat beat me, but that doesn't bother me. Yeah. Like I know my limits. I know it's a thing. So it is what yeah. it is. I think it's important to have that monster in you, but have a control. Yeah. You know what Definitely. I mean? I think every guy should have like that thing where just in case if any anything, anything goes to shit, yeah, yeah. you know you what to do, yeah, kind of you thing. You can do it. Yeah. That's why I think, like, like realistically, you're much more likely to get into a fight than say fall into the sea where you need mm. to swim like exactly yeah, like swimming is a life skill that you need to learn but why isn't learning how to fight because you're mo- a lot more likely to get into a confrontation yeah. than need to swim yeah. mm. exactly. don't get me wrong swimming is still needed yeah. yeah like I mean I'm not the best swimmer I probably should be a better swimmer <laughs> do you do swimming for training I don't know if that's good no or... I should do. like I just can't fit into my schedule but yeah. I do like to swim and I have heard of the benefits and you do see a lot of pro athletes at the top level swimming. Yeah. So that it's just, I don't think I'm a good enough, I'm not a good enough swimmer yeah. to make it into a workout. Like I'm kind of just flailing around in the water. Just like, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so your training basically consists of weight training, sometimes just like weight training, running, um, striking, grappling, wrestling, MMA. That's What's it. your favorite one? Oh, the training. Probably the grappling. Grappling. Yeah, I just I love rolling around with sweaty men. Pause. No, no, I've just always I think. I've just talked to the grappling more. Yeah. Like, I just enjoy the grappling more. It just feels more natural. Um, but I was going to ask you, um, is it okay if I just quickly go pray? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, of course, bro. Yeah, no, I've got... Because, honestly, like, that's one of the things I put down to getting myself to where I am now, or why I've gotten to where I am now. My religion, like, I put my religion first in everything. Right. So then, being able to put my religion first has kind of given me that contentment and it's been able it's helped me remove that pressure from myself to be able to just do what i need to do rather than constantly put all these external factors on think constantly thinking about these external factors was just more just leaps knowing that i've got my religion and that everything's planned everything's that allah planned what's best for me yeah. so whatever whatever's gonna happen is what's meant for me so i can move all the pressure and just work hard literally that's it's helped me, and then I've seen the difference in my performance as well. Like, if you watch any of my fights before lockdown, when I wasn't practicing as much, to after lock to after my fights after lockdown, where I am practicing, hundred percent, mm-hmm. you see the huge improvement. You see the huge difference, and then just an overall better positive outcome in my life as well. Like, I feel like my life's just gotten a lot better as well in general. Like. I've gotten, I've gotten a better job. I'm doing better mentally. Uh, probably say I'm, I'm getting a lot closer to my family and friends. I'm just enjoying life so much more. Right. Just, that's really nice to hear. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, because you're really young. Yeah. I feel like young people are kind of against. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I kind, I don't know. I find that weird, because I feel like there's a misconception between. I think it's obviously. Obviously, I know there's that misconception for my religion, but I think it's also just all religions in general. People think that religion just limits them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, for me, my relig- practicing my religion has literally set me free and allowed me to be Fuck. the happiest pos- happiest me possible. Do you know what I mean? Like, it gave me contentment. You think it's like a hidden power that you have? Yeah, yeah. To, mean, like, yeah. Mean, like, I'm thinking, you ain't got God with you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to yeah. get the shit out of you right now. <laughs> And it's just it's like knowing in it, like God's with you. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's knowing if I lose, that's what Allah planned for me. Not it's I didn't lose for any other reason. I lost because that's yeah. what was planned with for me, and I'm happy with that. Yeah. Like if that what if that's what is truly planned, I'm okay with it. Your yeah, outlook on like when we were talking about like when we lost in the fight and stuff, that like your perspective on how you took it is amazing because most people can't do that and like when, when they go through a loss they yeah you see a lot of guys quit like if you were to go to the rankings or like topology you see a lot of guys they're like two and one three and one one and one four and one it's because after that loss and it would have been where that loss was the last fight right it's because sometimes like i'd probably say more for the recreational guys or the guys who aren't really in it for the sport mm-hmm. they're just doing it for just whatever reason they want to look good whatever right. as soon as they lose all that motivation's gone they can't get over that they can't get over the fact that 
they can't take the loss as a lesson. They just take it for what it is right, at face yeah. value. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, well, I've lost now. I've had my fun. It is time to call it time. Like this yeah, ain't yeah. for me kind yeah. of thing instead of like... Rather than learn from it and yeah. you get yeah. so much better. You know UFC uh, Paddy the Buddy? Yeah. There was an interview with him when he was younger and he lost the fight and he, yeah. and he talks about it. Yeah. And it's like, can you imagine if he gave up? Yeah, that's been like, if he gave up, Who's, yeah, who the, who's, who no the fuck's Paddy the Gaddy? Yeah, who's <laughs> Paddy the Gaddy? And it's like, I think without Paddy the Gaddy, there's no Molly McCann either. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. They yeah, hand, they? yeah they, they came as a pair and it's like... Whatever you do, you can't stop. Yeah, no matter how many L's you take. Yeah. You can't... You, if you stop for a reason, it needs to be for an actual reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. maybe, you know what it is, you're not enjoying it anymore. It's, mm. you'd, like, you'd prefer to do something else now. No, you don't want to stop purely because... Oh, I lost. This isn't for me. Uh, just because you took a loss, mm. that should never be the reason for you stopping. A reason for like, I'd say an acceptable reason for stopping is maybe you know what it is. I prefer to do something else. Like, I'm not enjoying it anymore. Yeah. It's not. F- mm. Then it's like, yeah, you don't want to do something you don't enjoy. Do you know what I mean? Because then you're forcing it. Yeah, you're forcing a hundred percent. Like, I did it as part of my course in because I did I did a sports science undergrad. We did um motivation and factors of motivation as kind of like a sports psychology module and then we were looking at data and it showed that guys whose motivation was intrinsic so where they were motivated kind of they they were doing it for themselves they were doing it because they found it fun performed a lot better than guys whose motivation was extrinsic so their motivation was for external factors money or they're only doing it because it's their job now yeah they're only doing it for the fame they didn't perform as well as the guys who were who still kept intrinsic. Like you see it where guys who are say athletes, guys who are playing football, when they're doing it for fun, yeah, it's so fun. They'd love to play. They play as much as they want. But then as soon as it becomes their job or they get into the academy, mm-hmm. suddenly now there's all this stress. Oh, now I'm not a person anymore who's just playing football. Now I'm a football player. That is me. So yeah. now they're like, oh shit, now I've got to do it. Now I'm not doing it because yeah. I want to. Now I'm doing it because I have to. And then you see so much talent just drop out. Or it's like, now they're starting to think, this football's now restricting me from doing everything else rather mm. than I'm not doing this so I can go play football. Now they're thinking, I have to play football, which is stopping me from yeah. doing all these yeah. other things. And if you start to look at it that way, that's when guys just start, start to... But either way, the, the, the person that stops playing football because they're the pressure, yeah. you stop that. Yeah. What do you do after? You get a job. You're in the same position yeah, as you were before. Saying. So yeah. why why stop there? When you could have been a fucking football yeah, player and earned like 100, 100k a week. 100%. That's so either way, whether you stop or not, your next job or whatever it is you end up doing in life, you'll be in the same boat yeah. where you'll take an L. But that's what I'm saying. But that's, I think that's just as a lot of people, a lot of people lack the maturity yeah. to understand that. Yeah, and yeah. I'm happy that I was able to learn that at a young age and kind of have that instilled in me from my family. And like kind of, I saw what a lot of people were doing, which made me think, you know what it is? I don't want to go down that route. Yeah. And the only way I don't go down that route is if I keep going on as, if I give up, I know I'll end up going down that route. It's exactly. Like even now where I'm at a point where if I, I can easily just give up everything and then go down that same route everyone else is. And it's still, it's still so easy for me to just say, you know what it is? I'll just take the easy route. But I don't want to take, take the easy route to the point where, I'm guaranteed a mediocre outcome. Yeah, exactly. I'd rather take a risk where, you know what, I might not get the best of the best, 
I'm like, don't get me wrong, I might still end up at that mediocre outcome that everyone else will. Mm. But I'll still have enjoyed my process a lot more. Journey. Yeah, at least so, you know you've put everything into it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, my coach said, um, I think one thing, he says, if you aim for the moon but land on the stars, so what? You're still on a star right now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're not still down on, down on the floor. Yeah. Right now you're standing on, now you're looking down on everyone. Yeah. Like, surely you would rather have that rather than... Exactly, exactly. But it's like any anytime somebody saw someone new, there's always people judging and stuff in it. Yeah. But it's like you're still gonna be in a better position. Like you said, you'll still be in the stars. Yeah. Even though you didn't get to the moon. Yeah. You're still higher up than you were before. Hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. Like you've still made so much progress. But people never see that. No. Like, even for your I I think it's a lot of self evaluation. If you don't just take a step back and really evaluate where you are, you forget. Cause some because of although maybe your surroundings are still the same internally you're a lot better but you don't see that because you constantly see what's in your surroundings mm. but if you don't really take a step back to see oh you know what actually i've gained this this yeah, and yeah. that yeah. you just start thinking actually no i haven't gained anything because my surroundings are still the same and you forget about all the internal rewards yeah. but it's just a lack of maturity really and a lack of understanding because i think a lot of it is the general asian stigma of Unless it looks good, it yeah. isn't good. It isn't, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? Like That's it, facts, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I don't know how it is, how it was for you two growing up, but no, it's pretty simple. Yeah, it was constantly like, what are people gonna think? Yeah, yeah. What are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like, oh. yeah, like you go, oh, so and so said this. I'm like, I don't like. Yeah, yeah. I didn't <laughs> have, like. I don't care what they said. They, I don't know them. Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? They ain't paying my bills. Yeah, th- do you know what I mean? And it's just like, like even to this day, every. Everyone in an Asian family, I guarantee it, still hears it. Oh, you've done this. Or, or you'll, you'll never get told off for something you did. You'll get told off for something someone else has said about you. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. why are they now saying that about you? It's like, because I'm doing something that they're not. Yeah. Like, they don't understand it. Because I'm breaking the mold. Yeah, like, no one wants to be that person who breaks the mold. But then, once you do break the mold, because now you see it. Like, Shaj was the guy who broke the mold for us for us MMA fighters. Now there's so many more Bengali MMA fighters in the UK. Like, there's Sami, who's a, one of the best featherweights in the UK. Mm. His nephew. There's Nayam, who's literally a 16-year-old kicking the crap out of 20-year-olds. Like, this kid Nayam, it's, he's a 16-year-old. He's just started college. And he's one of my main training partners. And I'm supposedly one of the best flyweights in the UK. And this is a 16-year-old who wow. is literally pushing yeah. me. And then there's also Sham, Shad's brother. And then all of the UK, like you'll see, there's this Muay Thai fighter called Habib. Um, there's another MMA fighter called Asan. And then there's a heavyweight called Shaq. And there's literally all these guys, all these South Asian, all these Asian guys who are now starting to come out. And it's starting to become where I think like, actually, you know what? We can do it. We can be fighters. Yeah, sure. Rather than, Oh no! Oh, is, is it really gonna work out? Yeah. Now guys are starting it, believing it's gonna work, rather than having to be that first person, person. who's saying, "Is it gonna work? Is it worth it?" Mm. Now guys are starting it, knowing it's worth it, which helps so much more. Representation. So yeah, hard. like hundred Like it goes back to what we first said at the start. Like, if Shaj wasn't there, I probably wouldn't be an MMA fighter. Like you, you were saying how Paddy Pimlet nearly quit. If Paddy Pimlet quit, how many people? How many? How 
There's so many kids that go to your MMA in Liverpool or whatever. Yeah, now I think about Paddy Hunter, watching yeah. him. Yeah. Or the amount of you, people who live in the UK now know about MMA because of Paddy Pimlet. Exactly. Imagine how many people wouldn't know about MMA if Paddy Pimlet quit. Yeah. Like, it would be substantial. Like, and then now you're thinking that takes an effect on the UFC event. There would there probably wouldn't be UFC events in London. Yeah, exactly. Because the crowd wouldn't be there. The crowd that they have now yeah. might not Paddy be there. Paddy and Molly, yeah. Paddy and Molly who are bringing in such a big crowd, such Trust a big me. following. Maybe, and then, if you think, like guys like that, maybe guys like Tom Aspinall, Darren Till wouldn't have the following they have because guys wouldn't think about UK fighters. But all because someone like maybe Paddy Pimlet, guys like Tom Aspinall kept going, that attention is now drawn to more UK fighters. Quitting yeah, is such a small picture. Yeah. Staying and doing it is the big picture. Yeah. The big picture is UFC. Everyone inspired. Yeah. Small picture is you quitting because you yeah. had a loss. You got to think big. You got to think bigger yeah, than you've yourself. Gotta, you've got to think about the future. Yeah, hundred percent. Like even now, like I'm relative. Like if you think about it, where I am in my career is still nowhere near where I want to be. Mm. Like I'm still at the bottom of the ladder. But even at this point in time, I've still got like kids in the Bengali community coming with me. Or you inspire me. I was just going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, like, and I'm thinking, what the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me, blood! No paparazzi. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, literally, like, there's this, um, one of my friends, Izzy, his little brother, mm. my biggest fan, like, literally screams his head off whenever he sees me. Yeah. I'm thinking, Damn, yeah. Shit, it's me, you know. <laughs> yeah, mama made it. <laughs> Don't talk to me no more. Everyone, all my friends need to delete my number, delete me off socials. I don't know you lot. You lot ain't got fans like me. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm. Just, that's just obviously one example. But I'm just thinking yeah, yeah. like, holy exactly. shit! It's bigger than you, man. Yeah, it's like bigger than yourself. This is the effect I'm having on people when I'm still an amateur, when I'm still small fish. Yeah. yeah. Like imagine, imagine the effect. Yeah. Like now you're thinking like the effect. Like guys like McGregor, uh, Kamau Usman, Francis and Ghanu for the guys back in Ghana for the guys back in Nigeria. Yeah, exactly. Like what effect is he having on people yeah. back back there? Like, mm-hmm. but when you experience it firsthand, it's such an eye opener. It's like shit. Like I've got to keep going, and it's like although I'm doing it for myself. There's still all these other people who are still wanting me to do it now as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I have got the support now. Like it's whereas before it was just sometimes you think of it as a lonely road. Like oh, you're all you're doing it all by yourself. But now you're thinking, shit, no, I'm not. I've got this support system behind me. Like I've got all this external support. It's not just internal support now. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like shit. Like all my days, one of the biggest things for me was when someone asked for my autograph at takeaway. I was like, shit. No. I'm a celebrity. I'm like, yo, get me on TV right now. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yo, where's the paparazzi? I'm thinking, where's the you've been framed camera? Bro, I was gonna say, you know, you, you know, if you start a YouTube channel, it'd be so sick, like documenting this journey. Yeah, no, see, I've always wanted to. I've just kind of never knew how to. Bro, just get a camera and start writing down some video ideas. Yeah. I think you'll blow up. I think, you know, most UFC fighters got a YouTube channel now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. That, it's another income. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, they promote the fight through the videos as well. Yeah. So, more ticket buys. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then, the thing with these guys, though, now they've, because a lot of them have started their YouTube, because the smaller fighters are now starting to see and they're starting creating their YouTube channels now. 
But then the bigger fighters who started their YouTube channels late, it's not only like a, it's not like a secondary income, it's like a secondary and a third income because now they're getting sponsored videos. Exactly. So they're getting money from YouTube, then they're getting spons- um, money from sponsors, mm. and then they're creating yeah, a bigger yeah. following, and it's literally just passive income. Plus, if you get a company that you're selling stuff, just promote that through exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. Doing and they're just making money on money as well. And... I think we should stop, bro. I think it would actually blow up. Yeah, 100%. I, that is something I want to do. I think after this fight, that is something I am wanting to do. Just because right now, I feel like I've... I don't want to lose focus on it. Like, I don't want to put yeah, too much on my plate. Because right, right now, yeah, yeah. I've got my fight. I've got uni. I've got work. Yeah. And my, my time's kind of full at the moment. But that is definitely something. Because I've, I've kind of got a list of stuff I want to do. I kind of write it down. Because I feel like when I just think of stuff I want to do... I kind of forget after a day or two. Yeah, yeah. But right, like, it's like, I didn't realize how effective a to-do list is. Yeah, Yeah, man. Like, literally, I'm thinking, like, when I'm going to bed, I'm like, shit, I got this to do, I got this, that to do tomorrow. And then the the day after comes, I'm like, I wake up chill, like, thinking, actually, I haven't got much to do. (laughs) And then night comes, I'm like, shit. So then I just start writing stuff down. I was like, it's so much more efficient. Mm. So, 100%, yeah, I think that actually is an idea. Like, I definitely will, I definitely need to start writing some video ideas and, and whatnot down. And then one thing as well, I've also had this um, marketing company come to me uh, called UK Plug. They've said that they want to kind of take over my social media and whatnot. And then I'm thinking I could 100% get them to help me yeah, make videos. Yeah, that would be yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and then they would also, YouTube channel would also help me get sponsors, which is, sponsors 100% go such a long way in getting ready for a fight or yeah, yeah. even being able to do what I do. Because without sponsors, like literally fighting is hard because as I'm a fight I'm not making any money for my fights yeah. all I could, all the money I could possibly make is off sponsors or ticket sales mm-hmm. but then I sell my tickets without my without the commission so say if you were to buy a ticket on the door for my fight of the of, at the venue it would be say £50 mm-hmm. and on the if you were to buy a ticket from anyone else it would be £50 but I sell mine for £40 because I just take the commission I would make and just take off the ticket price just because right. I would prefer having a bigger crowd there rather than Makes a bit of rather than making a bit of money. Yeah, because I think that's one of the things that started bringing attention to me because I started bringing like pretty much an army down. Right. <laughs> yeah, like no matter where I went, like I fought in Gateshead, I fought in Durham, then I fought in Preston, I fought in Liverpool. Each time I've had the pretty much the same crowd, like the same size crowd, Yeah. which usually people don't get when they're, when they're They've got traveling fighters. Right, right. Like when you're traveling a few hours, a lot of people stop coming because it's, oh, it's a bit too far. Yeah. But I think I just started selling my tickets a bit cheaper just so I could make sure I kept that because now, like in when I've been interviewed, some of the questions I've had is, do you hear the crowd that you bring? Do you hear your fans? Why? Uh, or is they like, oh, do you know everyone who comes to your fights or not? No, and it's just like, they're just literally the same people who keep coming. Yeah, but that crowd hasn't has been one of the thing one of the things that's got me well known. Yeah, like cause it's literally all these guys go crazy. Yeah. Like the vibes are insane. Like I lost my last fight and they're still cheering my name. I'm like, I swear I just lost. I didn't win, did I? <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, you, obviously when you're in the fight, if you can hear like yeah, your people, yeah, like for you. yeah, it's kind of that bit of that extra push. Like yeah. when you're tired. Like, in my first title fight, I was down, I think, three rounds to one. 
So I had only I'd I'd probably had only won one round. The other guy had won three rounds. I'm in the fifth fifth and final round. I'm I'm down. I'm thinking shit. I put all this work and I've lost yeah. the fight. Like there's no way I'm gonna win the fight now. Like even if I won the round, I still would have lost the fight. Yeah. So I'm thinking fuck. Like and then my coach Shaj just gives me a talking to and just fires me the hell back. And he's like, oh, we don't care if you win or lose. Like you've came to you've came to have fun. You've put all this work in. Do something that you're proud of. Make this a fight. And so then, and then I heard my crowd going off as well, and it's just like that extra push just fired me up. Yeah. And I literally won in the last minute of the final round. I managed to stop the fight. I managed to stop him. And it's just like, I look back like, would I have had that drive without without yeah. without all those external factors? Well, like without knowing that I've got all these people who have come to watch me, all these people who have. I don't want to disappoint everyone who's come. Yeah. Like, don't even. I know these guys are going to be there for me even after I lose. If I was to lose. But I want to make them proud. And then I want to make my coach proud. I want to do myself proud. And I literally just, literally last minute. Went all out. Yeah, it was just. And then the crowd literally went around. Like, fences started getting flung and everything. And I was like. <laughs> like, literally. my whole, I don't know why it happens. Every time after my fight. Like, after my fight, my crowd always gets kicked out. They're just like, the street guys just say, okay, yeah, no, it's time for you lot to leave now. Because <laughs> they just go way too wild. Like last three fights, my crowd has been escorted out by the security oh, after my fight. Oh, yeah. But you want that, either. like it's just because yeah, so enthusiastic. Yeah. But the thing, like everyone, all but then all these people, like commissions, ev- the referees, they come and say, "You've got a hell of a support, like yeah. support system." Like they all, everyone recognizes it. Everyone, I think that's one thing that brought hype, so much hype behind our mm-hmm. fights. Like because I bring such a crowd, like me and Joe. Between the two of us, for an amateur fight, for most amateur fights, you'll have like maybe 20 people on one side, 20 people on the other side, about 40 people watching each fight. Each fight, Just us, we sold over 100 tickets. And then we also had, usually, because what happened in MMA fights, I'll, I've done it myself, I'll go to a, to a venue, I'll watch my, te- my mates fight and I'll just leave. And I'll say, I can't be asking yeah, anymore. Because yeah. I've watched a few fights, I've watched my friends fights, I'm good now. So then by the, sometimes by the main event, it's actually more quiet than it was right. for the first fight. And you yeah. think, like, what the hell? Because obviously it's not like the UFC or K-Drives where guys yeah, aren't going yeah. towards the main event. you only going to watch a guy. But then our fight, it was the rowdiest at the end. Because we had brought that much. And then people actually stayed. Oh, yeah. 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 And honestly, I'm thinking, where, like, why is there so much hype? As to, to this day, I still don't know why there's this much hype. Because... I get we're two high-level guys, but then there's loads of high-level fights between like the best amateurs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But the hype doesn't arrive, and it's something to this day that I still don't know why. Well, Conor McGregor was not the best. Fight. Yeah, he but, picked his fight. He was because of the hype. He was able to pick his yeah, fight. Exactly. Like he's very smart though. Like yeah. after every fight, he had a call out. Yeah. He knew the guy his style was best suited for, who was a bit higher ranked. And then, like, someone like Aldo doesn't, n- never goes for a takedown, never takes anyone down. McGregor is a pure striker. Yeah. That is his game. Perfect. Yeah, he's yeah. a fluid striker. So then, it's the per- star of the line. But because he had the hype, he was able to call yeah. the shots. That's the thing, you know, like, hype makes massive yeah. difference. That's what I'm saying. Like, literally, like, po- it's mad to say, but without popularity, you don't get anywhere. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, that's so true. Yeah. yeah. A lot of the time, it's about who you know. Yeah. Not exactly. what you know. Yeah. Like, you see a lot of the football academy, like, like freaking all of Rooney's children are in the football academy. All of Ronaldo's children are in the football academy. All of Zidane's children. Yeah, yeah. Almost every football's footballer's children are in the football academy. Regardless of how good they are, they're in the academy. No matter what. Just because, yeah. You're the son of, da- you're the son of David Beckham. You're the son of Zinedine yeah, Zidane. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be in the football yeah. academy? Like, who is going to say no? If Zidane came to Sunderland Football Academy and said, let me put my son, let me put my son in the academy, who's going to say no? Yeah. Even if he's crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to take him. He's got the Zidane name. Yeah. So That's why, like, marketing is so important. So for yeah. you to join forces with that, the marketing team, yeah. bro, it'd be so good for you. Because yeah. you now become a brand now. Yeah, Business is going to come to you being like, yo, can you promote this? I'll give you this, whatever. Yeah, that's So, like, good. that marketing is everything. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, I think... But one thing I've got to make sure of myself, like, I've always told myself is... I've got to always keep myself grounded. Mm. Like, I never want to let myself get big to the point where... I forget where I came from or kind of yeah. forget the people that were with me. Like my current sponsors, like um, Spice Empire, the restaurant, they've done so much for me. Like they've helped me so much financially and physically, like with my fights, like financially, they're the best sponsor I've got right now. Like yeah, yeah. they're paying me on a monthly basis. They pay for uh, kind of my fight gear, fight kit. So then I don't have to pay for any of that. They pay for all of that. And then, like Hard Life, who also supply the kit, they sort me out. They create custom designed kits for yeah, me, yeah, yeah. and it's like, um, it's Spice Empire. Like, not only are they giving financial support, they're also giving me free food. Yeah. Like anytime I go, they give me free food. Or like anytime, say I'm kind of my my meal prep that I've made maybe isn't lasting me. I can all just go down there and they'll literally give me free food. Like, yeah, yeah. Just on the house. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like another one is. For my my recovery's improved so much ever since I've gotten with um, EA therapy. He literally comes to my house once a week. Iman, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, literally comes to my house once a week to just to give me a sports massage. Oh, is that the cupping therapy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like he gives me a cup. He gives me cupping, sports massage, and hijama all for free, which usually is like, expensive as hell. Like I've checked prices online for other people, like for private masseuses, they're like sixty pounds, fifty pounds. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking I'm getting all of this for free. I don't think like that's what I say. It's yeah. a blessing, isn't it? Yeah. But I think you know how you said you don't want to get to a stage where like you, you, the humbleness doesn't go. I think yeah. religion will play. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. <clears throat> yeah, hundred percent. Like I think it's also the team I've got. They don't. <laughs> they they make sure you don't get beheaded. <laughs> <laughs> like they will always keep you grounded. <laughs> like we're like we're kind of like a family. So just like even after I lost, like within half an hour, they were taking the piss off me for losing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, flip, let me, hey, let, give me some time. Yeah, give me some time. God damn. <laughs> like, and then I went into the, the um, back to training like a few days later, and it's literally straight away they're just taking the piss on me. I'm like, yeah, there's no way I'm getting my head's ever getting big. <laughs> like, even after I win, it's like, it, it, there's all these congratulations, all this that. There's like when we're serious, we'll have the con, we'll have the kind of congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll really big me up. But then when we're just kind of taking the piss. Straight back to just taking the piss. Even though I won, somehow I'm still getting yeah. ripped. I'm like, how? Like, one of my coaches, Sham, he is so quick-witted. Like, no matter what, he will find something to take the piss out of. Like, he is someone you can never, like... You know there's yeah. people when you're dissing, you're like, oh, yeah, they're never going to say anything back. Yeah. Or, yeah, I can I can definitely come back with better disses than him. Sham is someone you never want to diss. 
because he will make you cry. <laughs> like he made people just he makes you just want to be like just go quiet. <laughs> just sit there like just take it. With him you just gotta yeah. take it. Yeah. Cause you know if you go at him he's coming back at you ten times hard. I'm like I'm good man. <laughs> just just violate me. Just keep going. <laughs> so I think that's definitely gonna stop me from getting my head too big. Cause everyone keeps because I, I don't keep yes men around me. Yeah. Everyone around me keeps it real with me yeah. straight away. Real. Yeah. yeah everyone's like if I'm doing well I'm doing well if I'm doing bad they're the first people to tell me yeah you need that man that's, that's always going to be important yeah. what's your verdict on your upcoming fight have you got a message to your opponent I'm coming with a vent because I lost my last fight I'm because I'm not annoyed that I lost the fight mm. I'm annoyed of how I lost the fight and that I didn't really get to fight I didn't I kind of Cause it happened in the first, cause I got caught in the first round. Yeah. So I'm annoyed that I didn't get to fight. So right. This right. fight, I'm coming to put, come to smoke. I'm coming to take heads off. Is it the same guy you fight? No. Right. This one's um Jamie Abbott Bissett. He's like, so, I fought in my last fight Joe Fields, who's now kind of seen as the number one in the UK right now. Right. So in my next fight in two weeks, I'm fighting Jamie Abbott Bissett, who's the number one Irish flyweight. Right. So. If I win this, it's kind of my way of getting back into contention of coming back to being the best. So that's why I literally, um, this is the best I've felt during training, like mentally, physically, everything. Like I'm ready to just go in and just take his head off. Like I'm ready to put him in a position where it's either he's going to quit or he's just going to take a beating for five rounds. Like I'm going into that. Let's go. Yeah, like. I cannot wait for this yeah. one. Like, I'm ready to just take... Like, yeah. I think, although I lost my last fight, that losing that last fight made me realise a certain things and have a lot more confidence in myself, which is something I was lacking. But after that last fight, it's just... Although I lost, my confidence has skyrocketed. Yeah, you seem like you're amped up. Yeah. To go. Yeah, like... Yeah. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the goat. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, like usually when people lose, kind of the, the conference takes a bit of a hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This loss, because of the way I lost and what had happened, I kind of want to give away too much. But my conference skyrocketed. It's like, you know what? I deserve to be here. Like, yeah. I'm the champ. You I, do, like, bro. That's yeah. Like, do. like I'm the flipping champ. You need yeah. to prove to me that you yeah, deserve yeah. to be in the ring with me right now. And if you can, fair, if you beat me, fair play to you, but it's going to be a hell of a task. Yeah, I feel like it's very important to be like, yo, it's my time to shine. Yeah. This is my, this is my time. This is my time, this yeah. Is, this is my time to be the champion. Yeah, 100%. Like, Everyone before me had their time, but this is my time. Yeah, 100%. That's definitely what I'm thinking right now. Like, this is my time. Like, you want to be the champ. Let's see if you can take it. But you, there's no way in hell you're taking it without a fight. yeah. Facts. Well, like, good luck to you, bro. I hope you fucking get that W. Thank you, bro. Nah, you but, will, bro. Like, you, will. you will. It's gonna be a scrap on a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, look. Um, shall we end it there? Yeah, we'll end it there. But, like, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. Like, no we, you, you know, you, you said this. This is your first, like, yeah, official talk that you had. Yeah, first and so, like, <laughs> Honestly, we're honored. Like, we wanted to get you on so badly because, like, I know, I know your brother. Shout yeah, out yeah. to him. And then, like, what you're doing in the sport, like. With the community and everything yeah. is, like, it's fucking beautiful bro yeah thank so, you like, bro keep going keep doing your shit and like 
get more belts. More. <laughs> That's the plan. I'm a little gold corporate. I love the gold. Just keep giving it to me. <laughs> but yeah, if you guys enjoyed the podcast, um, stay tuned for the next one. Yeah, right, peace. peace. Hi, guys. I uh, hope you like the podcast. Uh, just want to quickly let you know if you can just like and subscribe. And if you can also share it to other people, we'd really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Peace.